Hello, I'm Conward Swift, and welcome to the Cardano Convo Podcast, a podcast that gives a glimpse into the Cardano ecosystem. The Cardano Convo provides an easy-to-digest explanation of the projects that are being built, thoughts, and what's going on within the Cardano community. Today, we'll be talking with members of the Flick2 team. This includes co-founder and CTO Rob and their head of business development, Sobanan. For those who don't know, Flick2 is a unique media-focused launchpad on Cardano. Without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello, Sobanan and Rob. It's nice to have you on the show, and thank you for taking the time to talk with us today and answer a few questions about the work you've been doing with Flicto. Great to be here. Great to be here. So there are a couple of questions I always ask. To begin, could you tell us a little bit about yourselves, your background, and what drew you into crypto in general? Yeah, I'll start. So I'm Rob Knight. I'm co-founder and CTO of Flicto. I've got a strong background in systems engineering and distributed systems engineering and and open source communities as well. I've been involved in my entire working life. And most recently, um, I've been the CTO of a large global public software company. Um, So I'm able to kind of take those skills and apply them to the Flicto project. Um, In terms of crypto, I initially got in in 2017 during the ICO boot. Uh, I think I, I lost as much as I made during that. Some some great decisions and some awful ones. And, and around 2018, kind of took a bit of a bit of a backseat. Um, and it was about a year and a half to two years ago um, that I stumbled across Cardano, uh, kind of trickling along in the background there. Um, and then when staking came along with Cardano, and I saw that the community the community that had been built around Cardano that was growing exponentially and still is, um, you know, I just couldn't resist uh, diving back in again. Um, and then fast forward a year, now I'm here running a project on top of Cardano. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's really quite something. A lot of people got brought in during the 2017 boom. They saw the price. And a lot of it, like even I kind of got in when I saw the financial because I had been in crypto a little bit like 2013, but I kind of forgot about it as life happens. And then you get drawn back in and then you find something like Cardano. It really like keeps you here. So I I totally, I get that. Hello, my name is Sobananda and I'm the head of business development at Flicto. And my background is, um, I have quite a varied background. So my undergrads in medical biochemistry and a lot of my work experience has been in healthcare, whether that's in um, sort of the business aspect of healthcare or healthcare delivery itself. And on top of that, my master's is in innovation management and entrepreneurship. And that sort of comes off the consolidation of my business experience and me running my own digital marketing and business development agency. My experience with crypto started in 2015 and it was when I really got a hold of when I saw Bitcoin it was something that really shocked me as a concept because I never thought of money outside of governmental control and all the transfer of value outside of that which helped me and I sort of guided me to dig deeper on the topic and made me really realize that there's serious social implications and really positive implications for society as a whole if the adoptions of cryptocurrencies and um, blockchain happens on a large enough scale. And I guess that's how I ended up at Flicto, an accumulation of my experiences over those years and my desire to make a positive impact with cryptocurrency. Again, it's really interesting to hear about all these backgrounds and all of what people are bringing into the ecosystem. Can you give us a quick rundown of what Flicto is? Yeah, so Flicto is essentially a 
innovative model of financing for media projects and that enable us not to be constricted by traditional geographic barriers or the traditional barriers that exist within the current form of media. And the current form of media is really geographically constricted in places like Hollywood, but also constricted by capital where the enthusiasts, the fans and the professionals who may want to get into the space and have the opportunity to create really new and innovative content don't actually get the, that opportunity because they don't have enough money or the community doesn't aren't accredited investors so they can't actually invest in these projects and essentially this blocks out many of the people who consume this content on a daily basis but also the people who really desire to make it and make it part of their lives. Yeah, so in terms of that's the kind of the you know the vision mission statement um, of the Flicto project. But what we're going to do is be connecting content creators with a large community base, and that community is going to vote on the projects that inspire them, vote on the projects that they want to see produced, and then we at Flicto will fund those projects and support those projects through the creative journey and through the production journey all the way through to distribution. Um, and then in return, not only do uh, participants on the platform get rewarded just for voting and engaging in this um, democratized process, but they're also entitled to a share of the distribution royalties for projects that have gone through that process and are successfully funded. You know, and, and some of these projects you know, have potential for significant returns even in the traditional media world. So being able to take that and then distribute it to the passionate community that may help make those projects a reality is something I think quite unique in the space. Oh, it's interesting that how you guys have gone about this and what you've talked about is, yes, there seems to be this Hollywood oligarchy that gets to decide what content gets produced. And it has kind of a thumb on top of that so that you kind of get the same thing rehashed. And it's hard to get something new, something fresh out there. I mean, you can look at, for example, the Joe Rogan podcast. It's just it's booming because people are craving something new, something that's not being just, for example, Fast and Furious 1, 2, 3, 48. And it's just the same thing rehashed. Whereas if you can get the creativity from the public and find a way to, to kind of target it in such a way that you can make new content, not only it, it would just be great for the not just broader society, but I also do understand um, when you guys talked a little bit about how hard it is for crypto projects to get funding. Anytime you go to a bank, especially in America at least, and you're trying to seek funding and you, they go, okay, what, what are you making? It's like, well, it's a cryptocurrency project. Like not even its own cryptocurrency. You're not getting bank funding. You, you cannot get a loan for that. They won't do it. So having a platform like yours by which I want to build something with NFTs. I want to build like a media platform, something media-wise. That that's excellent that you guys are building that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, we face those exact same barriers. You know, when we approach banks for for loans and stuff, they wouldn't wanna wanna hear. Um, I think the story slightly changed now. You know, they'll happily hold the deposits now that now that we've kind of established ourselves um, in in that space. Um, and you know, to give. Uh, the great example of what you was just saying um, around the oligarchs of, of media, right? Um, you, something like 97% of media executives are both white and male. 
they are always going to have those biases towards the media projects that they enjoy. And then at a wider societal impact, we're not going to be hearing those stories. We're going to be hearing the same stuff again and again. And I always use the example of Squid Game. As soon as the general public was exposed to something different, something from a culture that they don't normally experience content from, shot to number one, right? And made huge returns for, for everyone involved in that process along the way. And that was just purely because Netflix um, you know, syndicated the content from abroad. They didn't intend for that to happen. It just kind of happened. And so we're hoping to capitalize on that exact same thing, um, not just from a financial perspective, but because it's the right thing to do for society. It's interesting, for example, to see how you guys are using blockchain in order to do this. But I have to ask, um, when building your media launchpad platform, why did you guys decide to build it on Cardano? Yeah, Cardano is a great choice for what we're trying to build. Um, there's two areas uh, that, that kind of play into this. The first one is technical and the other one is more kind of a moral philosophical um, reasons. The technical reasons is the staking model that Cardano is built on top of. Um, projects like ours are now able to use the proven um, initial stake pool offering funding model to raise cash to actually fund the project, to fund the activities in which we want to support. And that's unique to Cardano. I'm not aware of any other blockchain that has staking in that way that makes it so easy for people to stake their, their assets, um, but also in such a non-custodial way, in a, in a trustless way as well. We have no access to the underlying ADA. That's not true for many other um, staking-orientated blockchains out there. Moving on to the more philosophical aspect, um, when building a media launchpad, as, as Sobanan alluded to earlier, community is at the heart. It's at the heart of everything that we do. They are so important to our mission because without our community, they wouldn't exist. And with Cardano, I've not yet come across another crypto community that is so kind of close-knit, so supportive of new projects coming down the line and sh communities that share the same kind of vision and passions that we do. If we look at the projects that the Cardano Foundation supports, they are all projects focused on empowerment. They are all focused on helping to bring advantages to either areas or people in society who have disadvantaged backgrounds. We look at their work in Africa and in Ethiopia and all these other countries. We just feel that that really melds really well with what we're trying to do because ultimately Flicto is all about empowering both content creators, but also the community from an investment standpoint as well. Oh, of course. And something that's quite interesting is when you're kind of talking about that is the building a community within Cardano I found is quite easy and just the ability to put together the ISPO because I know we've talked about it a little bit beforehand but with I know 2017 2018 was were like the years of the ICO so you you would buy a token and almost just purely for investment purposes you just hope that that price goes up whereas now with Cardano stake pools a project can pull up a stake pool go hey if you take your ADA, like you're not having to pay us anything, the only thing you're losing out on is the possibility of certain ADA rewards from staking. But in turn, we will give you our token once we are launching or at some point into the future. So it's created this really interesting model by which to, to build a platform. So I'm glad you guys are taking advantage of that, even though I know there's different viewpoints throughout the ecosystem on the ethics of... ISPOs and things of that nature, small pool operators, large pool operators, multi pools, things of that nature. But 
What are your guys' thoughts on, for example, the ethics of an ISPO? Yeah, you know, and, and as as someone that back in uh, back in May June time when Meld launched, you know, I was kind of around for for all of that. Uh, I think I was on their Telegram in the early days, and I saw the the community response to that. And I get it; I understand, um, you know, why small pool operators are concerned about the ISPO model. Right? It's kind of it's a competition out there. Um, many different aspects to that. Now, personally, as someone that's quite passionate about decentralization, a project like ourselves, we've committed to never opening more than five pools. Our tokenomics don't allow us to ever open more than five pools. Uh, and based on our current projections, it's highly likely we'll probably be sitting around three or four pools. So we can commit to that now um, on the forefront. ISPOs normally are temporary as well. Once either the tokens have been distributed um, or they run for a certain amount of epochs, the ISPO is finished. And then that also gives an opportunity for those projects to direct those delegators to small pool operators. I think the much bigger problem are exchange pools, right? Binance has what, over 80 state pools at the moment. That's a far greater hit in terms of to de- in terms of decentralization because you know they all of a sudden control that power. And that's something I that doesn't sit quite as easily with me. Um, I also want to mention as well, with the funds that we're raising through this ISPO, we're not delegating those straight back to ourselves. Once we start earning significant amounts through the ISPO, we're looking to partner with a small pool operator that needs that boost. Perhaps they've been hurt by the Sunday ISPO, as have we in many, many regards. Um, So, you know, working with them to actually see we, can we move our stake there to earn ADDO rewards on our rewards from our ISPO, but also where can we send our delegates to once we're done? Are there any pools out there that share that similar kind of mission and vision that we can point our delegators to as well? We want to work with the community, not against it. Oh, of course. And I know it was huge when Mel did the ISPO because it, I didn't see too many like small stake pool operators. It was almost like kind of the bigger ones that were a little upset because it kind of rocked the boat a little. And, and yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny you say that because when I look at the stats, I don't see people coming into our pool from small mission driven pool operators. I believe that their delegates are actually quite loyal to their mm-hmm. cause because they believe in the mission of those smaller pools. It is the YouTubers running five, ten pools that we get the delegates from and there's a certain element of hypocrisy with that um now of course those those individuals you know they do a huge amount of work for cardano right because they bring awareness which is so important in the crypto space i just would have hoped that uh, as a new funding model um and as a new project when mailed launched that they would have been a bit more supportive rather than just thinking about their own personal bottom line yeah, I definitely think we should encourage just generally like encouraging people to build on blockchain as opposed to just speculating and um, using it as an asset class to generate wealth. Like encouraging innovation and building in the space is the only way we're going to reach adoption at a rate where um, society as a whole is rewarded. And I think at the moment, there's a lot of, I wouldn't call it tribalism, but a lot of um Pointing fingers, but we should be encouraging. Like we should be encouraging people to build and to essentially be thriving in these spaces, regardless of the funding models that they're using. As long as they keep the community at the heart of what they do and they maintain the ethos of the ecosystem. But um, yeah. One of the things that makes Cardano so great is I've been in the Ethereum ecosystem prior to finding out about Cardano. And it's a completely different ethos, whereas Cardano, it's more open. You can go on Twitter just about any time of the day, 
go into the Cardano area of Twitter, jump into a Twitter space and just talk with people and they'll be more than happy to like, oh, I need help with this. We'll send you where you can get help with that or we'll send you a video or we'll just talk you through it and try and help you to understand just that ethos of building together. If we can get more towards that and away from the tribalism as I I think Rob and I can agree, it's 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 just blatant tribalism to that point to where, no, it's it should be this way. And it's like, how about we hear out everyone? We let everybody compete in the open market here. And for example, ISPOs are not going to go away. This is a funding mechanism that is now available. People will take advantage of it. And that's not to say it's a negative. It just, it is. So I'm glad that Evolution. you guys are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, the space is going to evolve. It naturally will. Like Even Charles has talked about it. The space will evolve. And I'm glad that you guys are using these evolutions in order to build a platform like that. It's, it's quite impeccable, really. <laughs> I guess it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, um, <laughs> like I feel like with Cardano, it's what you said, like, in order for blockchain to reach the level of adoption required, collaboration is like, it's key, right? And collaboration, borderless collaboration is very important. And I think when you have the tribalistic politics that currently exist, you end up creating these imaginary borders around projects which don't, which shouldn't have borders and which is the antithesis of the theory of or the belief in decentralization. And I think it that's why it's important, like, that the Cardano ecosystem exists. And I think a lot of, you see a lot of naysayers on YouTube and a lot of people sort of throwing shade at the Cardano ecosystem. And I think that is an indication that we're doing something right, is that we don't have those politics and it is in essence a collaboration between these totally random people with just these username IDs on the internet trying to help each other build a better world. And I think there's something really powerful in that, even and quite meaningful, but yeah. Oh, exactly. And the thing is, it's knowing that there's going to be competition. Of course there will be. But also that level of cooperation that you go, okay, like I know I have to compete with, like if I'm a DEX, I have to compete with this other DEX. But also if I can raise all tides by increasing all of our liquidity, that helps everyone. So having that balance, I've just seen that balance kind of better within this ecosystem. But there will be, be a cryptocurrency that will function better for this or that. And I just think Cardano functions very well for what it's doing, which is why I like it. But yeah, absolutely. I'm a firm believer of using the right tool for the job. And for our core based platform, Cardano is the tool for that job. You know, I've, I've always said to the community, we're looking at launching some NFT projects to support the, the projects that are going to be seeking funding through our platform. It might make more sense for those to launch on Ethereum where the NFT market is more established when there's already more proven ways, for example, to generate um, recurring revenue from those NFTs. We're going to use the right tool for the job because Charles has been clear from day one one, interoperability is key to Cardano, right? You know, they're, they're not launching the um, Ethereum force bridge for nothing. Oh, of course. Um, so I know just to jump back to the platform a little bit more, um, Flicto has been encouraging people to build media on their platform. What kind of media are you guys encouraging? Are you encouraging like videos, movies, like songs? What, what are you guys aiming for? So we understand that the media industry itself is quite broad, like media. So I'll give you the example of Pokemon, right? Pokemon is one of the largest um, media franchises in the world, most profitable as well. And do you know how Pokemon started? Do you have any idea how it started? Um, I should know this. I love Pokemon. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> so Pokemon actually started as a comic book. And you wouldn't like, I, I 
I guess I'm too young to remember Pokemon ever being a comic book, but all I remember was a TV show, but it's also gone off into movies and AR game and a whole lot of other, essentially, um, it's turned into a media franchise of its own. And that's what we believe, that we can't actually identify what might be the media project of tomorrow. It might be an NFT project. It might be a VR project. It might even just be someone's photography work who then goes on to develop into something else. And we really recognize that, which is why we encourage all media projects, regardless of if you believe it's a creative project that deserves to be seen by an audience, then we'd love to hear from you because in order to change the idea of mainstream media in the space, we need to actually be able to innovate on that. And we need creative people with creative ideas who kind of see the future and wish to be part of that future. Yeah. And to add to that, you know, we are not the ones to, 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 build additional walls and quite frequently in our internal meeting it comes up when we kind of ask those kind of questions to ourselves what type of media are we seeking if we were to put limits on that then we would be just as bad as the legacy hollywood infrastructure right by setting those kind of criteria so while we may uh, you know suggest some ideas to people or give some general guidance will accept any kind of submissions where you know we've already had podcasts submit we've already had people submit their photos because they want to you know make a documentary out of it it's open to all um that's something as, as well that i should highlight for those of um you in in, the, in your community who are watching you know your followers if you are creative if you do have an idea maybe you have a script or an idea of a script or whatever it may be our submissions portal is open at the moment on our website it never hurts to submit it because you'll always get clear honest feedback from our from our panel of media experts of course and we will have the links down below for everyone who wants to see that whether you're listening to the podcast or if you're watching the video it just look down below and you'll find that information and again i'm glad that you guys aren't creating like a stipulation where no it's only songs it's only techno music it's only this you guys are kind of going realizing that what you do know and what you don't know and going okay Maybe the collective knowledge of society will have a better idea of where the future is going than us. So it's exactly. Yeah, that, that's 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 exactly it. Now, obviously, during our, our early stages, you know, we do have to be uh, apply a bit of care to the projects that we list because we can't, you know, don't have unlimited pockets at this point in time. Right. Yeah. So we do have to, you know, be careful. So we kind of say that we are leaning a bit more towards, you know, films, TV shows, streaming content podcast things which can give um, potentially a, a good return for the people who are investing into the platform that's obviously quite important for ourselves as well um, but also a key part of flicto uh, kind of like a matchmaker for content creators right we have a, a, an, a, an extensive network of people in different types of media different genres different times in their career as well and obviously in different countries and continents all around the world it's very important we're there to connect these content creators with those people because perhaps the content creator has an idea of who they want to cast but they don't have a production studio to use we can make those connections and support them through that journey as well so perhaps some of the types of media we haven't thought of yet or we haven't had a submission about yet we just don't have those connections yet so we may just kind of hold those back and say you know we'll reevaluate in the future and then look at those again once we have those connections and we know that we can support those projects to the best of our ability i think a great example of that is theater productions right it came in our community quite early on i love going to the theater so i'm surprised i didn't suggest it already but we didn't have the connections in that industry um so we went out and looked and and although not going to go into details because it's not yet announced. We're investigating partnershiping with forming a partnership with a theatre production company so that we can support 
those kinds of projects. It's just about getting those ideas in so that we can make it happen. So it's great to hear that. And I know that you guys, for example, you are working on the ISPO. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about your ISPO? And I know that you just finished your IDO sales round of the or the first sales round, and you're working on the second one currently. It may be done by the time this gets released, but could you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, so from the ISPO perspective, at the moment we've got one pool. The uh, ticker is Flick, or Capitals, or just Flick. You can also find all the details on our website. But in essence, um, users who delegate to our pool, they will get 0.15 Flick tokens for every one adder of active stake per epoch. And that's how things are currently at the moment. And um, we are looking to optimize this um, in early February to give people even more Flick rewards because we we appreciate sometimes it's hard to get the news out there about new projects and we have people coming in wishing they'd heard about us earlier so we're seeing how we can reward those users as well and and you're spot on from an IDO perspective yeah we had a hugely successful first round um, IDO with the Kick.io platform a great IDO partner for ourselves um, we were able to blast through both our targets you know we had our our first target that we blasted through in the first day and probably first 12 hours actually so we kept having to extend the target it surpassed all of our wildest dreams in terms of that that target um, and our second round IDO which is happening on the X centralized exchange their launch pad that's open at this point in time people are able to go in uh, and buy the token they don't need to hold any other tokens minimum buy is ten dollars from memory so really low bar to entry um, and buy that flicker uh, one cent one question I did have is, so for example, there's the IDO. If you're wanting to buy in, people can buy in through the IDO. If you want to earn Flick through delegating to the Flick pool, you can do that. Um, so there's no minimum, you're saying, correct? For if I want to delegate, let's say I have 20 ADA, I'd be able to. And since I'm delegating 20 ADA, let's say for each epoch, I'd get 30 Flick, right? Exactly. Yes. So um, when it comes to the minimum amount of ADA delegation, we do recommend people delegate 10 ADA as a minimum. Although it's not a hard minimum, what we found is that some of the Cardano tools don't work as well when it comes to tracking stake. I think Meld had exactly the same thing, right? They said always keep at least 10 ADA and that's for that exact same reason. We are working on those issues and, you know, when we've already done our first distribution of tokens, we were able to fix a lot of those that did have under 10 ADA because it's quite important to us that people who, you know, aren't whales are able to participate in this process. Um, but if as long as it's 10, we can 100% guarantee everything will be fine. And yeah, you'll start earning Flick as soon as that uh, stake goes active two epochs later. And can you tell us a little bit about what Flick will be used for on the platform? Because I know that, for example, there are a few places that you can use it. I know that Muesli Swap just put you guys on their platform. So I know there's that. But again, there's the IDO, there's the ISPO. But whenever we get this flick, let's say I delegate to the ISPO, I get flick. What will I be able to do with it? Okay, well, I think the first thing that you could do with it, which I personally don't recommend, 
but I will admit I am quite biased, is you could load it into the Adirex centralized exchange and sell it. We are uh, we announced today that we are opening trading of the Flick token on the Adirex centralized exchange this Friday, the 14th of January, as soon as the IDO round closes. So it's already going to be live by the time uh, everyone listens to this, which is really exciting. We've got two pairs, um, Flick and Adder and Flick and USDT. So people have got a, a bit of choice there. Um, but aside from actually just you know buying and trading it on the exchange, the actual core utility of the platform, holding Flick tokens will entitle people to participate in a voting round. You know, that's the main functionality of the platform. They'll be able to see the projects that are available. They'll then be able to uh, lock in a certain amount of voting power, which they can then use to vote on the various projects. Uh, but it goes a bit beyond that as well. I mentioned earlier the distribution of royalties. You know, if they vote on a project that's successful, they're entitled to a share of the the distribution royalties, even if they voted on a project that wasn't successful in that round, they'll still get some distribution royalties from the other projects, just at a much lower percentage. Um, we are also supporting our creative projects with launching NFTs if they wish to, perhaps uh, you know collectible memorabilia style NFTs or even NFTs with utility related to that media project, perhaps gamified NFTs for some of those projects. Holding Flip will grant people early access to those NFT sets or in the case of NFT airdrops where it's free, they'll be eligible to receive those airdrops as well. So there's a fair bit of kind of additional utility to the to the core Flick token, um, which is extended further when we start talking about our NFT ranges as well. If I am voting with Flick, for example, how does the system continue to function? I guess is my curiosity. Are you guys going to be keeping track of how much a project wants it gets funded, how much it's making so that, or are you going to use smart contracts for that? That's the one question I would have is so whenever the system, whenever you vote these payouts, how are they like, how does the cycle continue? Yeah, so for that, the first phase of the platform where it's first launched, it will be a centralized platform. We've said this from the start purely because a lot of the pieces aren't yet there, which is why we don't have any automated market maker DEXs on Cardano yet as well. So that will be a centralized platform. However, we will be decentralizing the platform throughout the course of 2022 and into early 2023. And then after we've decentralized the platform and the functionality there, we will then be decentralizing governance as well, which would be quite an interesting time for sure. When it comes to how we're kind of keeping track of things, that's the functionality that we are building into the platform with regards to royalty tracking. There's a few different services out there, some that we can partner with that can act as that bridge between the legacy media and how they track royalties and how they track where the money goes. And then we can feed that into our systems, obviously take the um, fiat that we get from those royalties, convert it to ADA, and then send it out to the people who are eligible to receive it. That's how it works from a pure technical perspective. But I'll let um, Sobanan chime in to explain from a more business media perspective how it's going to work. So essentially the funding model, um, as we're trying to be innovative, what we're going to do is we're going to provide conditional grants. So conditional grants essentially mean that um, they will, the creator will be contractually obliged to provide us with transparency around loyalty, um, around royalty, around um, essentially 
the entire process to make sure that the quality is there at each stage. So for example, if we were to get, let's use the most generic model we can use, which is say we got a script for a TV series and they um they were even pre-production. So they just had the idea for the script. They would be given a set budget for the script and then given the whole amount on completion and then an initial amount at the beginning. And then this, they would be walked through each stage. So if they wanted help from industry professionals, we could give that to them over Zoom or we could do that on a face-to-face basis if they were able to. And essentially, after they walk through the process, we are building an in-house distribution team, an in-house media team with the help of consultants from um, external partners. What this allows us to do is reduce costs. So for our community, they don't need to worry about us outsourcing it to a sales agent or outsourcing it to a distribution agent and therefore increasing our costs and reducing their royalties. And essentially at the end of the process, each agreement will be individualized according to the project because some projects we know will have a much higher rate of profitability than other projects. And therefore this will be um, documented and shared with the community. So the community will be walked through this entire process. They will be um, shown and told the amounts that are given and also have an awareness of the success of the project because of course they would have been following it from inception all the way to distribution. And um, yeah, that's a bit about how the business model works. It's really interesting to hear from both perspectives because I'm glad we've got the technical side explaining like, here's how the ADA to the USDT to the Flickr, like how the voting works and then going like, here's the back end, here's the front end. This is what it'll look like what's going on, but here's what's going on. It's it's good to get that view from both sides. And I'm, it's interesting that you guys are going to, at least if I got it right, have experts in certain fields who will be able to help within the platform, meaning let's say a couple people need help with script writing or need something to fix that up, you talk with the script write that Flick2 has. And if you need help with, I need to find a good animator for this, like I have a comic book, but I want to make it into, let's say, like an animated series, then possibly get in touch with somebody or have connections that can be, hey, we know a guy, check this out. Yeah, and that's from talking to industry professionals. That's exactly how Hollywood works, right? Like everyone we speak to in the industry says, you've got to have the contacts, you've got to have the inside knowledge. Now, what we're trying to do is build that into the ecosystem where the inside knowledge or this um, secret network is no longer so secret and no longer so insider. Like the community has that awareness and it ultimately builds our strategy of we ultimately see see our as having three consumers. So we have our investors, I wouldn't call them consumers, users. So we have our investors in our community, we have the media professionals that we interact with, and then ultimately we have fans and each of them have different expectations and ultimately bringing them together to build a mutually beneficial solution enables us to ha- essentially decentralize this in a way that um, I don't think has been done before because it's not constricted by geographical barriers and it's not constricted by the same issues with um, like the flow of capital into projects and to different individuals. Oh, and that's the great thing about it because the beauty of, as just as you said, with crypto is it's global. It's everyone can use it. If you've got a connection to the internet, you can do it. It doesn't matter if your fiat is US dollar, euro, or something I've never heard of. If you can get a hold of ADA, for example, or you can get a hold of Flick, you can be a part of the system. And as you said, it makes it so geography doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Time zones don't really matter. I mean, I can tell you personally, I've had to wreck my sleep schedule to like to work with people from all over the world. So it's, it's really interesting that you guys are kind of trying to break this down to a certain extent, not just, for example, not just out, right outside Hollywood or just inside the USA, but going, there's creative people all around the world 
and we want to give them those resources. We want to get them the ability to create media that the world itself will love. And that's amazing. Yeah, like the internet has really done a great job of this. It's like before humanity was segmented into these sort of um, these countries, nations, these belief systems, and the internet has helped us to see people across the world from a really human perspective where it's not these rumors or these cultural ideas of different populations. It's like we get to walk a day in the life of someone who lives in Alaska or someone who's an Eskimo. And it's, it's quite crazy to think um, this is really taught us the uniqueness of human experience and I think media is yet to catch up with that media is yet to catch up with this with where the internet is and I think this is sort of where the next evolution is like cryptocurrency allows money to be global I think projects like this allow media to be a global enterprise as opposed to really centralized and um draconian I would say but I would just say draconian I don't think that's the right word I think the word I'm looking for is something sorry the word's gone from my head but yeah (laughs) I know it's it's all good it can be very uninclusive to the rest of the world to just go, nope, unless you have access to U.S. dollars, you have access to um, people where, for example, there are some areas that might not have access to these type of professions because, for example, if you are a professional in this regard, you're not making money because the economy itself, where you're from, isn't set up to, like, for example, if you're in a second or third world country, being able to write great stories or write books like that might not do you too much good. Whereas if you have a trade, for example, that might do better. So people move away from that or move away from these creativities towards those creative. So it's really interesting to just kind of bring everyone together in that. Yeah. It's definitely something we've seen in our community where we've had um, sort of community events. Like for example, we had a water cooler and it was quite nice to see two people on the opposite sides of America giving each other advice on how they should um, essentially present a media project and sharing their struggles as creatives. And it, and it was quite nice to see them come together as not only community members or investors or as creatives, but as people who were entirely different people with different experiences, but coming together for this shared love of film or media. And I think um, that's what it's making. It's making about the people behind the media as opposed to the media itself. So... I know we've talked, for example, we talked about these ideas. We've talked about the ISPO. We've talked about the IDO. Um, I've heard when we were talking a little bit prior, the phrase INFTO. Can you guys tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, INFTO, you know, a phrase that we are trying to, to make catch on. Um, in essence, just how like IDO, right, is, is very similar to a public sale, people sending funds to get a token. Um, what we're looking to do going forward is INFTO, initial NFT offering, where we announce an NFT project to the world, uh, quite a special NFT project with a series of NFTs within it that have some really quite special utility um, associated with them. And initially, those will then be thrown out for effectively kind of like a private sale, right? Just like a normal NFT airdrop, people will be able to go and and and, and buy one of these NFTs once their address has been whitelisted. Uh, but after that, we're keeping a lot of them back to distribute out to our ISPO participants as well to encourage things like long-term delegation. And I mentioned we're making some tweaks to the ISPO in early Feb. If they stay from the kind of old version to the tweaked version for a certain number of epochs, boom, an NFT. And the idea really is to use NFTs to galvanize the community, to get the community involved, get the community engaged while offering 
them a lot of additional utility on top because uh, we feel that for the projects that we're seeking to fund this can potentially also be an additional source of revenue for them hence why we're calling it INFT our initial NFT offering you heard it here first yeah <laughs> that's that's really interesting because like it kind of gives me a feeling of like for example I know that you guys have at something i don't know if it's a partnership with vi finance but vi finance has functionalities within their nft too to where you can get flick token are you guys getting the idea kind of from that or did you guys have this from the get-go like it's a really interesting idea yeah no i'm uh, I, i'm not afraid to admit that the whole um uh, giving out nfts for for private sale participants yeah i ripped that straight from vi finance as a private sale <laughs> participant myself it worked it's then about what utility do we add on top of those nfts and that's definitely something where we can differ um while with um, vi finance at the moment it's it's a collaboration more than a, a partnership like you say people can stake their special nft to earn flick tokens um they can also stake their vi finance um, tokens to earn flick tokens as well um which i believe is launching soon if not already launched but yeah with our special nfts that we're going to be launching we're able to bridge into the real world a lot more for example say we have a special nft and the holder of that nft gets red carpet access and i put that in quotes because yes it could allow them access to the in-person red carpet but also the hybrid the streamed version of that exclusive content there's loads of other ways that we can link the crypto world with the in-person media world and that's what we're going to be exploring with these nfts with the hope as well that as time goes on these have some uh, passive income opportunities for for the people that hold them the people who have supported the flicto project uh, when it was in such a, a an early stage it's interesting that flicto is talking about these nft functionalities because I know a lot of people, when they think of NFTs, they think of JPEG or GIF or GIF, depending on how you wish to say it. Um, but there are some people that are taking it and they're like, some NFTs are being sold as tickets, like tickets to the yeah. show, tickets to have access to a premiere, as you were talking about, of a movie or a video or something of that nature. So it's really interesting to see that you guys, you're kind of sticking with the theme, of course, of media, that you're taking some of these things that are already out there and some that aren't, and trying to bring them both in to like the NFT space, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, for other things we're trying to do. We, we see a lot of future utility for NFTs. I think as the whole NFT ecosystem has evolved over the last few years, where we're moving beyond the point of it just being JPEGs. I never personally bought into that. I've always been more about the utility. What kind of cool tech aspect can we add to these what cool utility can we do uh, you know what ownership rights can we give to people or rights of access right so you know I, that's that's what what i enjoy personally and i think that ties in uh, exactly with what sobernan was saying earlier on as well about democratizing this entire landscape not just a process of media financing but it's about us branching out into all these other areas that relate to it the core platform is just the first step Again, it's just interesting. I know, again, with NFTs, it's going to be interesting to see how those are implemented. And I feel like how NFTs have been for a while is kind of like when the internet started. It was, instead of having refined websites, you were, how many, and the same thing with social media as well, just each of these advancements, you see the early version with the websites, it was how 
what can I do with it to a certain extent? But then you got to like social media and you got, what was it? MySpace. How many things can I put on my page? Like how filled up and like not streamlined at all can I have it? And then it kind of the, it matured a bit and it got more, here's like kind of certain standards we expect so much. So if you go to an old website, you're like, oh my word, like, what is this? Cause like it looks horrible compared to like now standards. And it's going to be interesting to see how NFTs change with that. And I think you guys are kind of moving the pendulum with that. So that's fantastic. My next question, of course, will be, when can I use Flicto? Like, when will it be live? Well, that is a great question. So we're currently targeting Q1 2022 for like our, our initial beta re- release where we can showcase some projects, perhaps have um, a, a good test of the voting process, but not necessarily on a media project directly for some other community related activity. And then assuming all of that is a success, we know we kind of go for mainnet launch, so to speak. We're still targeting Q1 of this year. So quite soon. Um, but then I guess that kind of follows on nicely to the next logical question, not just when launched, but when media project funded, when media project distributed, right? And we've got some projects in the pipeline that are coming through quite quickly. You know, these are projects that the Flipto um, team is is backing out of personal investment funds purely because they can believe they can help us kickstart um, the platform into the mainstream media outside of the crypto space to get those additional uh, investors involved in that additional buy-in. We've got some targeting a Halloween this year release, some targeting a Christmas release. We've got documentaries targeting a mid-year release as well, don't we, Sobanan? So, you know, it's going to be quite quickly. 2022, we will have taken a project from voting to funding to distribution with production somewhere in the middle of all of that. Um, more than one. Q1. That's really early. I was like, part of me is like, okay, it's going to be like mid-year, like before when yeah, Flicto. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to my world. Saying Q1 2022 felt a lot easier in November 2021. <laughs> Oh, I, I feel you. We're working on a project as well. And I, it's like we expect to launch in Q2 of 2022. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's that's not next year. Like that's I. So I feel you there. But that's awesome. This has been super informative and it's been extraordinarily fun. But and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to jump on and talk to us and talk to our viewers. But how can listeners get involved with what you're doing or how can we best support you and your team? The number one thing is delegating to our stake pool um, or, you know, if you are already are in a small pool operator, perhaps consider splitting off 10% of your stake and, and sending out our way because every adder helps when it comes to our stake pool. Um, but outside of that, checking out the platform, right? Head out, head over to our website. Once the platform's launched, it'll be, you know, plastered uh, right front and center there for you to go in and have an explore, see if it interests you. And then perhaps you might want to go uh, buy some Flick tokens on the Adder X centralized exchange. Um, we have a great community already, even though we're, you know, only two two months and ten days uh, out of the barn, so to speak. Um, you know, just just crossed over one thousand two hundred members, I believe, in Telegram, and they are very passionate individuals. You know, we love our community. Um, but we've also got Discord. We've also got Reddit. I also encourage people to head over to our YouTube channel and make sure they subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We're going to be launching a series of kind of educational related videos as well both educational on the crypto side, but also educational on the media side as well. Um, And I'll hand over to Sobanan before I take all of those. 
Uh, I think Rob handled that quite well. He's got everything on the list. But uh, what I'd say is engaging with <laughs> <laughs> our community. Submissions is another big one. Um, So the link will be below the video or the podcast. But going on there and just being a real evangelist about this, because everyone knows a creative who wants to get a project out there but can't either access the finances or is constrained by their location or their situation. And I think it's important to just really be that friend that um shows someone a real way to achieve their dreams and i think someone will be grateful for that and it's just spreading the message that there's a real revolution coming in media within cryptocurrency and within the way that the world operates and to be part of that is a real it's a real honor it's almost like to be part of the internet in 1997 and who would have known it was going to be as big as it was and yeah so just get stuck in oh of course and just as rob had said we're gonna have all those links right down below We'll have links to their website, to the Twitter, Telegram, all their socials. So if you want to learn more about Flicto, you can go check that out. Um, or if you want to submit a project that you have an idea for, if you're the creative type and you've got a podcast, you've got a movie idea, you've got video ideas, um, you just want to help out, be a part of the community, jump in those and see what you can do there. And of course, they do have the Flick pool, so you can jump in there as well. And again, Thank you guys so much for jumping on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cardano Convo podcast. If you want an easy way to help us out, make sure to share this podcast. That way we can grow and create a better podcast for you guys. Also leave us a five-star review. And if you had feedback on today's episode, tweet us at Cardano Convo. Send your emails to cardanoconvo at gmail.com or join the Cardano Convo Discord server and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Also, make sure to check out our website at crypto-loops.com. We'd also like to thank our sponsors. First are our Patreons over on the Cardano Convo Patreon page. Their direct contributions help to make this podcast possible. By becoming a Patreon, you gain amazing benefits such as access to polls to help decide the content of upcoming episodes, early access to videos, roles and benefits within the Discord server, and so much more. Our second sponsor is Loops Pool. If you want to help out the podcast and you're looking for a Cardano stake pool to delegate your ADA to, then think about delegating with Loops Pool. That is Loops, L-O-O-P-S. Lastly, I want to let our community know about an NFT game slash project that we are working on. The game is called Flooftopia, and more details can be found at flooftopia.org. There you can find access to our Discord server and to other socials. So make sure to check out our website to learn more. Again, thank you for joining us and we'll see you in the next episode of the Cardano Convo.